Blessed are you, O Lord, God of our fathers, for you are righteous in all things you have done for us. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Brethren, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, received promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign enemies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering over deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And in all these, though well attested by their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had foreseen something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. 
Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the sun. morning. Once, once there was a teenager who came from a troubled background, we'll call him Cristo, who attended the Ionian Village Church Camp. The Ionian Village Church Camp is a travel camp and church camp in Greece run by our Greek Orthodox Archdiocese. The Ionian Village Camp travels to various places in Greece, especially holy churches and monasteries, including the famous cathedral of St. Dionysios in Zakynthos, Greece. This camper, Christo, as I said, came from a troubled background. But when he visited the cathedral of St. Dionysios, he was overwhelmed by the beauty and holiness of the icons. He saw the icons that covered the walls and ceiling. He began to pray and weep, this tough kid from New York. He prayed and wept before the holy icons. He felt God's spiritual and physical presence. He was inspired. He saw the icons and knew that it was truly a house of God. Although he came from a troubled background, he looked at the icons, felt God's presence, and responded accordingly. Today, as we may know, is a Sunday of Orthodoxy. Today, we especially celebrate the final restoration of the icons in the year 843. But before the restoration of icons, more than 100 years before the final restoration of them, it was a disturbing time in the eastern half of the Byzantine Empire. Many people thought there shouldn't be icons at all. Emperors and many bishops alike opposed having icons. There was even the destruction of icons, and there was even first fierce persecution of people until the final restoration of the icons under the Empress Theodora with the blessing of the Holy Fathers. Those who wanted to destroy the icons, the iconoclasts, didn't understand something. The iconoclasts didn't understand something very central to the Orthodox faith. They didn't understand that just as Christ became man, just as God took on a physical form, so it is that God blesses physical objects. He blesses the holy altar. He blesses the holy icons and works through them. He, God even blesses us, his own creatures. 
In today's gospel lesson, there is a sort of similar disbelief in God's physical presence. In today's gospel lesson, the disciple Nathaniel doubted that he was about to meet someone great, someone holy, someone whom God had promised. In today's gospel lesson, we read, quote, Philip found Nathaniel, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathaniel said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. We too might be like Philip. We might doubt that something holy is present. We might think that the icons are not that special, just as Philip thought nobody special could come out of Nazareth. Sometimes, at first, we don't see the icon's significance, their holiness, their importance, and their use. Sometimes holy icons are disappearing from our homes. Sometimes TVs and secular pictures displace our icons in our homes. Other times, when icons are present in the home, they're not put in a prominent place in the home, but rather relegated to a stack or box. Or when we have them in a prominent place in our home, sometimes we misuse them or, or rather forget to use them. They are used as simple decorations or viewed as simple heirlooms of the family. But the church invites us to come and see the real significance and the use of holy icons. The church proclaimed the real significance and the use of the holy icons at the Seventh Ecumenical Council. The Holy Fathers noted that the icons are our teachers. They wrote that the icons, quote, they wrote, are open books to remind us of God. Unquote. The Holy Fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council also proclaimed that our veneration of icons goes straight to God and the saints. They wrote, For the honor which is paid to the image passes on to that which the image pre- represents, and he who rever- reveres the image reveres in it the subject represented. So the Holy Fathers of the Seventh Ecumenical Council also noted that by seeing icons, we are uplifted. They proclaimed, quote, For by so much more frequently as they are seen in artistic representation, by so much more readily are men lifted up to the memory of their prototypes and to a longing after them, unquote. Icons, then, are indeed gifts given to us by God for us to grow closer to him. Today we are invited, just like the disciple Nathaniel, to come and see. The church invites us to come and see God's love. The church invites us to see God's power. The church invites us to see the holy icons as a vehicle of God's grace. The church invites us to celebrate the restoration of the holy icons by looking at the icons of Christ and his saints We look at their examples in life. We are reading these open books, these icons, that remind us of God and how we should live as Orthodox Christians. By venerating icons of Christ and his saints, our veneration goes to the prototypes, to who's depicted Christ and his saints. By seeing holy icons, we are lifted up 
by the memory of what is depicted and increase our holy longing for God. We must be like the camper at Ionian Village who realized the holiness of the icons and was moved towards God. He didn't look past the icons. He saw them for what they truly were, whether here at the church, in our homes, even our cars. Let us not look past the icons. Let us look at the icons and then let us respond with prayer and reverence. We must look at the holy icons and see God. We, like the Apostle Nathaniel, must come and see. Amen. Amen.